Hey everyone, what's up? Welcome back to Babylon Talmud. Today we're studying Daf Yudala, Daf 14 of Masechta Yoma. Uh, kind of an interesting Daf. Um, it talks about the Kohen Gadol doing the Avoda during the seven days of quarantine to make sure that he's uh, not rusty, to make sure that he's getting into the hang of doing the different Avodas that he's going to have to do on Yom Kippur, like Zrika Saddam, things like that. So he does the uh, he does the Avoda in the Besa Mikdash during that week, and we'll, we'll get a little bit more into that. And then, kind of, we get into this discussion about the Atovas Aneris on uh, the Afyudalim Abbez about um, sort of cleaning out the menorah every single day in the Beis Hamikdash. We're going to get into some details over here. Okay, we're on the Afyudalim Aleph at the Mishnah, about ten lines in. Kol Shavasayom, Huzorik Asadam, Umakter Saktoris, Umetiv Asaneris, Umakav Asarosh, Asaregel, Ushakol Yov, Motzulakav Makav, Shikonagod Makav Brosh, Chelik Brosh, Benotol Chelik Brosh. What does that mean? Let's read that again. That was the Mishnah, though. Koshiva Sayom, that all seven days of quarantine, who Zorik Asadam? He is the one who does the Zorik Asadam of the Korban Talmud. Because in general, as we see at the end, let's just jump to the end of the Mishnah for a second. Shikonagod Makav Chelik Brosh, Benotol Chelik Brosh. The Kohen Gadol in general. He could do whatever he wants. If he wants to, um, you know, be the one to do a certain part of the service of offering the Korban Talmud, he can do it, and then nobody else can do it. If he says, I want to, you know, put the head of the Korban on the Mizbeach, well, then he's going to be the one to do it. And he also, he's no Tochelik Berosh. When there's a Korban, and the Quran get to eat, uh, divide it up and eat it. So if he decides that I want this one, well, then it goes to him. So in general, he can decide what he wants and what he doesn't want. However, during these seven days of quarantine, he specifically is the one who uh, does the Zrika Saddam of the Korban Talmud, so that he gets in the in the hang and into the flow, into the rhythm of um, doing Zrika Saddam, so that when he has to do it on Yom Kippur, you know, he's got a good flow. Maktar Saktoris, he's the one who uh, burns the incense during those, right there, right? We said, right, right the that what was it? You have a, a, a how much incense do we have? A mono of incense? Uh, now I can't remember how much incense we have. Um, yeah, I feel like mono b'choyom. Anyways, so 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 he's the one to burn the k'toris during the seven days of quarantine. He's the one who cleans out the menorah because they would they would light the menorah every night and then every morning they would clean it out. and he puts the head and the leg of the Korban Tamid onto the Mizbeach every day. Now the rest of the days of the year, if he wants to uh, um, offer these things, then he can do them. But uh, he doesn't have to by any means. That the Kohen Gadol, he offers whatever parts he wants to offer, and he takes to eat whatever parts he wants to take to eat, because he's the man. Says the Gemara, Matana Akiva. So who is the author of our Mishnah? Says of Chizda, it is clearly not Rabbi Akiva. Di Rabbi Akiva, because if it was Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Akiva's opinion is is that if you have a somebody who is pure and the Meipar Aduma falls on him, he becomes impure. So that so that's an interesting conundrum, according to Rabbi Akiva, regarding the mechatas, the water with the ashes of the paraduma mixed into them. That 
if you have a fellow who's Tame, so, Tame Tumas Ames, so by sprinkling this water ash of Paraduma mixture, so he becomes Tahor. The interesting thing is that if, if you have somebody who's already Tahor and this water gets on him, he becomes Tame. So that's an interesting conundrum, as we'll see a little bit later. On the Amud, so if it, so Rabbi Kiva's opinion is that if you have a fellow who's Tahor, he becomes Tame. So, if you have the Kayan Gadol doing his quarantine, and we said that we're going to sprinkle on him every single day, at least according to a mayor, we're going to sprinkle this Mechatas upon him every single day. So then you have, according to Akiva, the Kayan Gadol is going to be Tame every single day until the evening. And how would he be able to do the Avoda every single day? Very interesting question. So how would he be able to do the Avoda if after sprinkling the mechatas upon him, he will be tame. The Tanya, as we learn in the price of Izatar al So the Pasuk says that the Tower person will sprinkle the mechatas onto the tame person. So Rabbi Akiva wants the darshan ala tame tahor. Yeah, it says that if he sprinkles the water onto somebody tame, then that person becomes tahor. However, tame. But if he were to sprinkle the water on somebody who's tahor, well, guess what? He will become Tame. Divrei Rabbi Akiva, that is Rabbi Akiva's opinion of Chacham, whereas the Chacham argue and they say, The rabbis argue and they say, no, what this, what this Pasuk means is that, that somebody who's Tahor will sprinkle the Mechatas on Hatame, on Adavash Mechabal Tuma. That the sprinkling of the mechatas needs to be on someone or something that is able to be makabel tuma. Mayhi, what, what do you mean? What is this talking about? Because we learn in the Mishnah. If a fellow um, intended to sprinkle the water of the paraduma on an animal, however the water got on a person, then that's fine. If there's more mechatas in the hyssop that you dip into the mechatas to sprinkle on the fellow, so if there's more mechatas, you can continue to sprinkle it on the fellow because it's no problem. Kilu, at the end of the day, the mechatas got on a person. A person is where it's meant to be. And therefore, you can continue to sprinkle on the person. However, if he intended to sprinkle on a person, but he ended up accidentally um, sprinkling on an animal. Now, an animal is is not makabotuma. An animal is not something that you would be uh, that that you would sprinkle the mechatas on, and therefore of If there's leftover mechatas in the hyssop that you use to sprinkle um, as like a almost like a brush or a, I don't know. Imagine you dip something into the mechatas and then you use that to flick it onto the person. So so what if there's mechatas left over in the hyssop? So then it will be considered puzzle because you had used that mechatas to sprinkle on an animal and that's not, and that, that's not makabotuma. It doesn't count. It's as if you just did have something puzzle. And therefore any, uh, uh, remaining mechatas on the hyssop will be unusable for a, to sprinkle on a fellow. So we see that according to the rabbis, what this is saying, that visa altar alatame, it means that you need to sprinkle the mechatas on something that is makabal tuma. And if you sprinkle the mechatas, for example, on an animal which is not makabal tuma, so then, um, it's considered possible. And if there's leftover mechatas in the hyssop, you would be unable to use it on a fellow. Fine. 
My time is Rabbi Akiva. How come Rabbi Akiva says that when he says visa atar ala tameh, it means that if you sprinkle mechatas on somebody tameh, he becomes tar, but if you sprinkle mechatas on somebody tar, he dafka becomes tameh. So nikhtov rachmona vihiza atar, olive, my ala tameh. So says Rabbi Akiva, the Pasuk should have just said visa atar olive, that the uh, tahor person who's doing the sprinkling will sprinkle on him. Why does the Pasuk specifically go out of its way, How come the, the Pasuk specifically, specifically goes out of its way to say that the Tahor person sprinkles on somebody who's Tame? It's to teach us, Tahor, that yes, if he sprinkles specifically on somebody Tame, then he become, then that person becomes Tahor. But Tahor Tame, if he were to sprinkle on somebody Tahor, well, then that fellow would become Tomei V'Rabonon. The rabbis say, no, when it says Tomei, it means that he needs to sprinkle on something that's Mechabal Tumo, something that's able to become Tomei. However, the rabbis say that regarding somebody who's Tahor becoming Tomei by getting some of this Mechatas on him, um, I, I could prove it to you that that's simply not the case because it doesn't make sense. Yimala Tomei Tahor if you sprinkle this mechatas on somebody who's impure and he becomes pure, well then, certainly Rabbi Akiva, if you sprinkle the mechatas on somebody's tower, certainly he should remain pure. So the rabbis say, look, it just doesn't make sense to say that when it says visa atar ala tame, it means that if you sprinkle on somebody tame, it becomes tar, but if you sprinkle on somebody tahor, it becomes tame. The rabbis say it just doesn't make sense. Because if you sprinkle on somebody tame and he becomes tar, well certainly if he's already tahor, then he remains tar. To which Rabbi Akiva says, Says Rabbi Akiva, yeah, I get you. I understand that it doesn't make sense. But Shlomo HaMelech says, I said that I would become wise, and it's too far away from me. Meaning, we don't understand everything. This is something that we don't understand. You're right. It doesn't make sense to say that if somebody who's Tameh becomes Tar, somebody who's Tar becomes Tameh. But what do you want me to tell you? Not everything makes sense. The rabbis say, no, we, we, we do get you, right? We, we understand. We, we have this pasuk which says, right? They're basically things that we don't understand. But the rabbis say, look, when the pasuk says that there are things that we don't understand, it's the following. That the fellow who does the sprinkling and the fellow who gets sprinkled so they are tahor, but vinogeaba tame. But somebody who touches the mechatas will become tame, and that doesn't make sense because you know if it if uh, you know if it touches you know if the sprinkler and the sprinkly are are tahor, why would the person who touches it become tame? So that doesn't make sense. And the rabbis say that that is what we learn out from that pasuk of amatiach kama v'yuchokomim many tahor. When then the Gemara says, wait, but how could it be that the person who sprinkles the mechatas is tahor? But the Pazik says, that the fellow who sprinkles the mechatas, he has to wash his clothing, i.e. he becomes tameh. So the Chacham say, no, when it says in the Pazik, that the sprinkler becomes uh, tameh, it's not referring to the sprinkler, it's referring to somebody who touches the mechatas. But one second, the, par- the Pazik, references both the maze, both the sprinkler, and the nogea, and a toucher, which means that they're two separate people. Don't tell me that the maze is the nogea. So the od, and more so, maze 
by kibbutz begadim nogea lo by kibbutz begadim. There's actually different halachas even regarding the mazeh versus the nogea. That the mazeh regards uh, requires washing his clothing. Somebody who touches the the mechadas doesn't have to wash his clothing. So clearly the mazeh and the nogea are different people. Elamai mazeh no say. So what, who's the sprinkler? It's not talking about the sprinkler. It means somebody who carries it, and that's different than somebody who touches it. V'nichlo v'achmana no say. So that, but why doesn't the pasuk say no say? Why doesn't the pasuk say the carrier? How come the pasuk says um, the sprinkler if it's referring to the carrier? So my time exiv maza. How come it says sprinkler? Well, that teaches us that you need an amount in order to sprinkle that. That meaning, so when it says maza, it's referring to the no say, somebody who carries it, but they say, they call it a maza, a sprinkler, to say that when you do the mechatos, you have to have enough, you have to have a certain amount of, of, of mechatos. Well, that makes sense, according to the opinion who says that that's in fact the case, that sprinkling the mechatos requires a certain amount of it. Well, okay, but according to Mandama who says that sprinkling doesn't require a shear, doesn't require a particular amount, well, then, why does it say maze? Right? Meaning, we're saying that when it says maze, when it says sprinkler in the Pasuk, it's really referring to carrying the mechatas. And the person who carries the mechatas becomes tome. So the question was, why does it refer to the carrier as a sprinkler if it's really referring to the carrier? So it's to say that, well, there needs to be enough of an amount that you can actually sprinkle. Right? So that makes sense according to Madama, who says that you actually need a certain amount to sprinkle. But if you say that you don't need a certain amount of, to sprinkle, well then well, how come it says maza, a sprinkler, when it's referring to a carrier? So, to which the Gemara says, that dispute about whether or not sprinkling requires a fixed amount or not, that argument is about on a person. Is there a certain amount of mechatas that needs to fall upon the fellow in order for him to become tame, in order for him to become tahor? Right, but everyone agrees that you have to take with you a certain amount. Right, that that right that it, it, the amount yeah you have to bring a certain amount of mechatos in terms of how much actually has to get on the fellow for him to become tahor. That's a machlokas. But how much uh, of this mechatos do you have to bring with you? And that if you bring it with you, you'll become tame. So then kill the carrier. Well, that is a, um, that everyone agrees that there is a particular amount about, and that's learned out from the fact that we call it a maze and not a, a and not a carrier, even though it's referring to the carrier. The Tanan is learned in the Mishnah, how much mechatos does there have to be? How much of this water of the paraduma does there have to be in order for it to be considered enough for you to sprinkle? Kedei she'yitbol roshe givolin v'yaze, enough that you could take the hyssop, the uh, the tips of the hyssop bundle, stick it into this uh, water and then be able to flick it onto the fellow. That is how much you need. Wow. Okay. All of that to say, according to Rav Chizda, that our Mishnah that says that the Kayin Gadol is, does these certain avodas every single day, that cannot be like Rabbi Akiva, because according to Rabbi Akiva, the person who... Um, uh, if a tower person gets sprinkled from the mechatas, he becomes tame. And therefore, if this kain gadol is tahor, so then when he gets sprinkled every day, at least according to a mayor, it's every day, 
So then he'll become Tommy, in which case, how can he do the Avoda? Now, says Abaye, actually, Abaye, Omer says Abaye, Afilu Temer Rabbi Akiva. You can even say that the Mishnah is like Rabbi Akiva. How? Says Abaye, easy. Who says that we're sprinkling him with the Mechatas at the beginning of the day? Maybe he wakes up in the morning, he does all of these Avodas, he hasn't yet gotten his Mechatas yet. And at the end of the day, after he's done everything, we then sprinkle him with the mechatas, and according to Rabbi then becomes tummy, but not a serious tummy, he becomes tummy until the evening. So immediately after he gets sprinkled, he then goes to the mikvah, he becomes a tfuyom, comes the evening, he becomes tar, done. So every day he can be doing the avoda, even according to Rabbi as long as he does the avoda first and gets sprinkled later. Alright, sounds good to me. Umaktes akteres umetevis aneris. Okay, so this is gonna be kind of a longer thing. I think it's probably really goes on for like the next, like, Daf or so, Kilu, until like Tesvav and Mudbeis. But, anyways, um, let us kick off this this uh, discussion, and we're gonna kind of hack together a place to stop. So, um, okay, So the Mishnah had said that the Kohen Gadol every day he can he he does the uh, he burns the incense and he. Um, uh, cleans out the menorah from the uh, in in the morning after it was lit all night. Amaktor's brash of So what do we see? So we see he said you know the first he burns the incense and only afterwards does he clean out the menorah. So Vraminu, we have a kasha. That the Mishnah says in Masechta Tamid. Sechta Tomi talks all about the Beis Hamikdash, Navoda, and the Beis Hamikdash. So it says over there, Mishazacha B'dishum is Ve'achapnimi. The the Kohen who won the lot, right? They would have a lottery every day for who for who does what. So the Kohen who 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 got the lot, B'dishum is Ve'achapnimi, that his job was going to be to clean out the ashes from the inner Mizbeach, where they did the the Ketores. Mishazacha B'menorah, and the fellow who Got, got the lot to clean out the menorah. And the fellow who got the lot to, um, do the ketores. To, to, to burn the incense. So what do we see? So we see that first they're having the lot for the menorah and then afterwards the lot for the ketores and mesach the tomid. Yet over here we seem to be talking about the ketores first and then the, and then the, and then the menorah. So what do you guys think? Which one is it? Is it the menorah and then the ketores or is it the ketores and the menorah? So Ravuna says, well, who's the author of the Mishnah in Tamid that says first the menorah and then the Ketoros? That is Rav Shivan Ish HaMitzbah and this, and here in Yoma it's somebody else. Alright. But one second. We learned the opposite. I could prove to you that the Mishnah in Tamid is not Rav Shivan Ish HaMitzbah. If you have, right, so you have the Kohen, and he, we have the Tomit Shoshachar, and he is going to put the blood on the Mizbeach. The way that the blood works on the Mizbeach for a Korban Ola is that it's Shtaim Shehin Arba. You throw the blood on the Mizbeach in a, a way that it, you, you only throw it onto the Mizbeach twice, yet it gets on all four sides of the wall. The way that you do that is by throwing it in the corner. So what he would do is, as we're going to describe right now. So, so he would come up 
the ramp of the, well, the truth is, is I think Rashi pointed out, somebody pointed out that the throwing of the blood in the Mizbech was not done from the top of the Mizbech. So he wouldn't actually be doing this by climbing on top of the Mizbech. However, by the Korban Chattas he would, so we're saying it, whatever it is, but, but, but the theory is still the same, which is, if he were, let's say, to climb up on top of the Mizbech from the south, right? So the ramp of the Mizbech is on the south. So he walks up straight to the top and he turns right. Okay, I think maybe it's going to come up a little, little bit later. Anyways, then he turns right and he gets to the southeast corner. Now, we don't throw the blood of the Korban Ola on the southeast corner because there's no Yisod over there. So rather, he keeps on walking and he turns and he now goes to the northeast corner. And that is going to be where he throws the blood. But again, he's not on top of the Mizbeach. Uh, we're only talking in theory if he were to walk around the Mizbeach in such a way. But the, the coin is actually going to be on the, on the floor of the Hazara. And then on the northeast corner of the Mizbeach, he throws the blood on the corner of the Mizbeach in such a way, kilo on the side of the Mizbeach, in such a way that part of it gets on the eastern wall and part of it gets on the northern wall. Okay, fine. My Rav is Dromus. He then keeps on walking around the Mizbeach until he gets to the southwest Wall, uh, corner of the Mizbeach, Nosin Ma'arava Droma, and he does the same thing, but this time he throws the blood in such a way that it gets on the western wall as well as the southern wall of the Mizbeach. Vitani Allah, and we taught regarding that Mishnah and that process in Mesech the Tamid, Reb Shimon Isha Mitzvah, Mishana Bitamid, that Reb Shimon Isha Mitzvah, Taka does the Tamid slightly differently. Mizrachis, Tzfonis nosin mizrochot tzfona that on the northeastern corner of the mizbeach he does it like we just described that he throws the blood on the mizbeach part of it gets on the eastern wall of the mizbeach part of it gets on the northern wall of the mizbeach my rav is dromis now this is where he differs that when he gets to the southwestern corner of the mizbeach nosin ma'arava first he applies blood to the western wall of the Mizbeach, and then afterwards he applies the blood to the southern wall of the Mizbeach, i.e. not this well, not throwing it one action on one corner that gets on both sides, rather he does each side separately according to Ibshim and Isha Mitzvah, um, that, that first he puts the blood on the western wall of the Mizbeach, and then he puts the blood on the southern wall of the Mizbeach. So when it comes to the northeast, he does one throwing of the blood that gets on both the eastern and northern walls of the Mizbeach, but when he gets to the southwest, he does two separate applications, one on the western wall and one on the southern wall. Okay. Where are we? So what do we see? So we see that the default, the Stam Mishnah, right? Meaning we, of course, always assume Stam Mishnah is Reb Meir. As we're going to learn, the Stam in Mesech Tatomit is not Reb Meir, it's Reb Eliezer ben Yaakov. So we're saying that we see that Reb Shimon Isha Mitzvah Taka argues on the Stam, on the default Tana of Mesech Tatomit. So therefore, if we are going to um, want to determine you know, we have a distinction between what it says in Yoma over here, which is that first he does the Ketores and then he does the Neiris. And yet we have a Mishnah in Yoma in, in Tamid that says first he does the Neiris and then he does the Ketores. So Rafuna wanted to say, well, in, in Tamid, it's Taka Reb Shimon Isha Mitzvah. 
But we say that doesn't make sense because this, the, the default Tana in Tamid Davka isn't Rib Shimon Isha Mitzpah since we see the Rib Shimon Isha Mitzpah Taka argues on the default of, uh, on the default Tana of, of, uh, Tamid. Even though it might not necessarily be in the same case, but we see that from the fact that Rabbi Shimon Ish Amitzvah argues in a place in Talmud clearly means that he is not the default Tana, and therefore we have no reason to assume that if there's a distinction between Yoma and Talmud, well, the Tana in Talmud is, is, is Rabbi Shimon Ish Amitzvah. Why should we assume that? He's not the default Tana of Talmud, because we, we see that Itaka argues on the default Tana of Talmud. So, Elam Rabbi Yochanan rather says, Rabbi Yochanan, Mantana Seder Yoma, Rib Shimon Isha Mitzbahu. So Rib Yochanan says, okay, no, what makes more sense, so we'll have to say that actually the author of the Mishnah here in Yoma is Rib Shimon Isha Mitzbah, and the author of the Mishnah in Tamid is somebody else, is the default author of the Mishnah in Tamid, which Mistama is Rib Eliezer ben Yaakov. Okay, fine. Frekta Gemara, Virami Seder Yoma, Seder Yoma. But now the Gemara says, wait, but even Within Masechta Yoma, things get a little bit wonky because, again, what did we say over here in our Mishnah? That first he does the Ktoris and then afterwards he does the Atavasaneris. But, Ditnan, we learn in a Mishnah Davchafei, Pais Hasheni, that there were four lots in the Beis Hamikdash every day, and the second of the four lots, Mishochi to Mizorik, that was for who would do the Shrita, who would slaughter the the, the, the Korban Tamid. Mizorek, who would throw the blood on the Mizbeach. Mimidashin, Mizbeach Apnimi, who is going to remove the ashes from the inner Mizbeach. Mimidashin is a menorah, who is going to clean out the menorah from last night's burning. Umimaila Ivarim Lakevesh, and who is going to bring the limbs of the animal onto the ramp of the Mizbeach. Pais Ashlishi, and then when they get to the third lot, Chadashim Liktoris Bo'ovafisu, they say, hey, if you've never been the one to burn the Ktoris before, come and, 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 and enter this lottery to see if you can do it. As Rashi points out, that apparently, um, doing the Ktoris, winning the lottery for Ktoris was actually affected, uh, your ability to accumulate wealth, which is interesting. Apparently, it's going to come up in the Gemara soon. Um, so what do we see? So we see that even in, in Yoma, we seem to be referring to the first lot being for the Atava Saneris and the, uh, well, the first lot, Kilu, in this context, but the, the, actually the second of the four lots being, including the Atava Saneris and the third of the four lots is where we get to the Kitaris. So even within Masechta Yoma, we seem to be contradictory because our Mishnah is saying that the Kohen Gadol would first do the Kitaris and then the Menorah, apparently, but we have a Mishnah describing the lotteries that they had in the Beis Hamikdash every day. That first would be the Menorah, and then would be the Ketoris. So Abai says, "Well, actually, the way that they would do the uh, Menorah, the that they would that 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 they would clean out the 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 cups of the Menorah with the oil, so." They would first do five of the seven cups and they would get back to the last two a little bit later and there would be something else that they would do in the middle. Everyone agrees on this. First five, then two, and there's something they would do in the middle. And says Abaye that the something that they would do in the middle was the Kitoris. So you would first clean out five of the seven cups of the menorah. 
then you would offer the Ketoros, and then you would do the last two cups of the menorah. So when the Mishnah says that first the Kohen Gadol would do the menorah, and then he would do the, no, when, when the, when the Arab Mishnah says that the Kohen Gadol would first do the Ketoros, no, first, you first do the Ketoros and then he would do the menorah. So that's talking about, yes, he would do the Ketoros and then he would do the last two ke- uh, cups of the menorah. When the Mishnah says later on that for the lottery, first it was the menorah in the second lottery and then in the third lottery it was for the Ketoros. So that's talking about the first five cups, which was then followed by the Ketoros. So it just depends if we're talking about the first five cups or the um, last two. If we're talking about after the Ketoros, it's talking about the last two. If it's talking about before the Ketoros, it's talking about the first five. So again, Amar Abai says Abai Lokashes no problem. Kambatovas shtei neiris, kambatovas chomish neiris. It depends if we're talking about the five the five candles which were um, cleaned out first, or the last two candles which were cleaned out after the ketores. Lemeim with the ketores mafsiklu. But one second, does that imply that the avoda which divided up the first five and the last two was in fact the ketores? But Abaye sort of laid out the order that they would do things based on his tradition. And in this order, Abaye would say that the thing that was dividing the first five cups and the last two cups was not the Ketorias. It was rather they would slaughter and throw the blood of the Korban Tamid onto the Mizbeach. That is the service that happened between the first five and the last two cups of the menorah, not the Ketorias. So we say, well, it depends if you're Abishol or the Rabbanan. It's a machlokas Abishol and the Rabbanan. What in fact that avoda, that service that they would do to break up the first five and the last two. The Tanya, as we learn in the Bryce, Do not first do the Tavasaneris and then only afterwards do the Ketoris. First do the Ketoris and then do the Neiris. And that's not referring to first do the Ketoris and then do all seven Neiris. What it means is that first do the Ketoris and then finish the last two Neiris. Abishol, Omer says, Abishol, Meitiv Achakach Maktir. Actually, you do all seven Neiris and only afterwards, well, yes, you do all seven Neiris and only afterwards you do the Ketoris, but you don't do all seven at once. You do the first five and then you do the Korban Tamid in the middle. Then you do the last two and only afterwards do you do the Ketoris. Let's stop here, even though it's stick on the middle, we'll get, because then it continues for a while. But, um, so we see, so again, Abayi wants to argue that when our Mishnah says the first Akkarian Gadol does the Ketoris, and then he does the candles, it's talking about he does the Ketoris, and then he does the last two candles of the menorah. When the Mishnah says that in the second lottery, they, uh, they included the uh, menorah, and in the third lottery, that's when they talk about the Ketoris. That's talking about the first five candles of the of the menorah, and then and then they would do the Ketoris in the middle. And some between Abishol and the Rabbanon about was it in fact the Ketoris that would divide up the first five and the last two candles, or maybe it was the Dam of the Talmud. So we're going to stop here for Daf Yudalit, even though it's a shtickle in the middle, but we're, we're going to have to pick up in the middle tomorrow. And we discussed a new Mishnah which dis- which says that the Kohen Gadol during the seven days of quarantine, he's Davka the one to do all the Avoda in the Beis HaMikdash so that he could be, you know, get, you know, getting into a rhythm before in preparation for Yom, for Yom Kippur. And um, Rav Chizda says that our Mishnah must not be Rabbi Akiva because Rabbi Akiva says that if somebody who's Tahor gets sprinkled with the, uh, Mechatas of the Paraduma, Itaka becomes Tameh. And 
if he becomes Tameh, then how could he be, and we know that we sprinkle the Kohen Gadol every day, at least according to a mayor. So then that would mean that he would become Tameh every day, which means they wouldn't be able to do the service, so it must be that this Mishnah must not be Rabbi Akiva. Okay? Fine. Uh, along the way, we saw a Machlokas between Rabbi Akiva, who says just that, that somebody who's Tahor gets the Mechatas on him, he becomes Tameh. The Chacham argue and say, no, what that means is that when you sprinkle the Paraduma, it has to dafka be on something that's Makabotuma to the exclusion of, let's say, an animal, which is not Makabotuma. Abaye argues and says, no, you can even say that the Mishnah is Rabbi Akiva because who says that you're sprinkling the Kohen Gadol at the beginning of the day? Maybe Taki does all the Voda, he's Tahor, and then you sprinkle him at the end of the day, he then becomes Tameh, he jumps in the mikveh, becomes a Tvul Yom, and then at the end of the day, as Hayav Shemesh, becomes Tahor, and by the next day, he's already Tahor again, and he can do that Voda, and only at the end of each day do you sprinkle him. So says Abaye, it could even be Rabbi Akiva. And we then got into an interesting uh, shaila about, well, we said that the Kohen Gadol can first do the Ketoris and then the Menorah. But we have Mishnah and Tommy that says that first you do the Menorah and then the Ketoris. So we said, well, in uh, our Mishnah in Yoma is Rib Shimon, Ish HaMitzvah, and in uh, Tomid it is not, I assume it's Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov. We said, yeah, but even within Yoma we have a, a, a precedent, you know, we're going to see later on that first you do the Neiris and then afterwards you do the Ketoris. So Abaye says, well, it depends. When we say that first he does the Ketoris, then he does the Menorah, that's talking about the last two candles of the Menorah. When we say that first you do the Menorah and then you do the Ketoris, it's talking about the first five candles of the Menorah. Um, and we're going to stop there. We'll pick up on the Machlokas between Abishol and the Rabbanon tomorrow. Have a great day. Peace out.